Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Presence into this place tonight. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that on this Wednesday night we can come into your house. And Lord, we ask you to do great and mighty and powerful things in this place tonight. We ask you to arrest our minds. Lord, to get our minds focused on you and harvest and eternity, Father. We ask you, Lord, to give rest to those that come in weary tonight. We ask you to give peace to those who are struggling in their minds. God, we ask you to give healing to sick bodies. And Lord, we thank you that the devil is defeated tonight. And under our feet, in Jesus' mighty name, speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Word of God, as we open up our hearts to receive what you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. How many know he's alive tonight? Tell the person next to you, you look good on Wednesday night. Say, even better than on Sunday. Amen. You're expected to be here on Sunday, but you're here tonight on a Wednesday night. Now tell that person you're radical. Crazy Jesus freak. Amen. Some of y'all would have never thought in your life you'd have been on ch- at church ever, let alone a Wednesday night. And here you are. Amen. Well, I want to talk about praying over the harvest tonight. I was praying about this service tonight, and the Lord said, pray over the harvest that I'm bringing to you. Amen. Pray and prepare for what is coming. We were at the square for lunch today, and I don't say this just to say it. I was getting out of the car and walking, and I felt the presence of God in the square. You know why? Because we've been out there preaching on Thursday nights. Amen. I could feel the presence of God in that square. VWO Denton's making a difference down on the square. Amen. So if you haven't, amen. It, he's, his presence is there. Walked around some of those corners and felt God is doing something. Amen. If you have not gone tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, it'll change your life. Don't forget Friday. It's going to be a lot warmer this Friday. Some of y'all might have stayed home because it was cold. But it's, you know, we're in Texas. So it's back to summer again. So it's going to be in the high 80s on Friday. So don't miss this movie. It's the last one, uh, World at War. We're seeing so much going on. It's been so hard for me this month to not preach on things that are going on in the world right now and then just stay focused on this harvest month. But it's, it's just unbelievable. And so we're seeing this stuff come to pass. But I want to talk tonight about praying over the harvest. How many believe tonight that we are going to see a great harvest of souls? Amen. We're going to see it. And I believe we're already seeing it, but we're going to see more. And so I, I want to give you some verses tonight and, and tell the person next to you, it's time to water. How many know seeds don't grow without water? So what waters the seed is prayer. What causes the seed to grow is water in the physical. But how many know we're passing out flyers, I hope. We're passing out tracks, I hope. Amen. We're passing out Jesus cards, I hope. We're passing out tickets to the movie, I hope. We have about 3,000 tickets right there in the Welcome Center. We need to get rid of tonight and take tomorrow night to the square for Friday night. Amen. But how many know if we don't, first of all, obviously if we don't plant the seeds, nothing can happen. But if we're planting the seeds, which I believe we are, and we're passing out those flyers and passing out tracts and witnessing, then prayer 
is what causes the rain to come down on the seed. And without water, seed does no good. You can put seed in the ground, but water has to, has to finish the work and cause it to grow. And so I believe it's time to water tonight. And for the rest of this month, we're two-thirds of the month through this month of harvest time. And I know that in the spiritual realm, God is doing greater things than we even see in the physical realm. Amen. He's moving. He's touching. He's transforming. He's speaking. He's doing things behind the scenes. And we're going to see a great harvest come in. I want to start off in Matthew 9, which is the verse I started this series off with at the beginning of the month on the very first Sunday about what Jesus says about the Lord of the harvest. And it says in 35, Jesus went ahead to all the cities and villages, taught in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease. I'm going thankful for that tonight. Among the people, and when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. If there's ever been a time in the world that there's a world that's scattered without a sheep or a shepherd, like sheep without a shepherd, it's today. And the Lord says this, the harvest truly is what? Plentiful. He, he says there's a lot of people out there who need Jesus. There's no lack of people who need Jesus. But the laborers are few. So if we see harvest or don't see harvest this month, we have to understand that we have a job to do. And God says, I need more laborers. And, and this is the thing tonight, church. He needs laborers who have, will get a burden for the things of God on Thursday and Tuesday and Saturday afternoon. Amen. Not just on Sundays or Wednesdays, but everywhere we go, everything we do, we're thinking about someone's life and thinking about their eternity and passing out seeds. So he says this, this is what the message is. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now remember, this month we're, we're talking about two types of harvest that we're believing for. We're believing for a, a spiritual harvest of souls. People who are going to come back to the Lord or people who have never, ever been saved before. And that is our number one focus. But we're also believing God for supernatural finances and resources to be able to do that. Now remember, I want to mention the Kairos moment. I still believe this today as much as I did three weeks ago. We're in a Kairos moment. Someone might be here tonight that wasn't here that day. Here's what a Kairos moment means. A time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action. How many know there's nothing more crucial today than the gospel being preached? Now, before I finish what a Kairos moment is, I want to tell you this tonight. You need to understand this. If you will take the Word of God, and I believe that we're doing this in here, but maybe some don't quite grasp it. Maybe some don't quite understand that this is way beyond showing up to a church service. It's way beyond just being here physically. It's catching the Spirit of God and what He says. And when you catch the Spirit of God, and we're going to see this in a moment here, and you take God's Word, which is everlasting, which will never pass away, which is the most powerful thing in this whole world, nothing's more powerful, nothing is greater than the Word of God, and you take it and you apply it to your life, Miracles happen. 
a life is transformed. Your thinking changes. Your, your mindset changes. Your, your whole reality changes when you line up your life with the Word of God. And when you take this powerful tool that you have in your hand tonight and you apply it to your life, something happens. If something is not happening in your life, if there is not a transformation of your life happening, then you are wasting your time. Amen. If you're going to do something, get something out of it. Don't just come to church and think you're just checking off the box. Understand that if you'll take this word, it will transform your life. If it is not transforming your life, something's wrong. And it's not the word of God that's the problem. We have to apply it. And so I hope and pray, especially during this month, that we will get a revelation that that word that you're holding in your hand is life. It is power. It is the very words of God straight from his throne to our hearts tonight. Amen? And so we have to understand we're in a crucial moment and a crucial time. And that Kairos moment says the opportune and device, a decisive moment. There's a moment right now in eternity in the time of, that we're living in these last days. Come on, Can anybody agree with me that we're living in the last days? In this time, we don't know how much time we have left. And I'm telling you, more than ever before in my life, I can tell you that time is short. I don't, I don't care if, it's, if that time is short as years, months, or days, but it's short. And this is an opportunity right now to seize the harvest and to take advantage. And not only, this is important, not only pass out tracts and, and not only uh, give and not only pray and not only go to the square and outreach and invite to the movie, but more than all of that, believe believe as I mentioned Sunday faith is what moves God's hand so you can't just understand the word but you have to believe the word and believe that we're connecting our physical finite very normal bodies to a supernatural power that can do supernatural things amen now let's look at John chapter 4 and see why this is a Kairos moment look at with the Spirit of God. How many know when we read a verse from John tonight that was written over 2,000 years ago, it's alive tonight as if it was written right now? The Word of God, the Bible says in Hebrews, is alive and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. So right now as we read this, this is not a 2,000-year-old verse. This is a verse that was written just now in the Spirit to your heart. Right now, it's alive. And it's speaking to you right now. And Jesus says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. That's what a normal time would be. You plant and you see a harvest four months later. How many know at the beginning of this month, I said we were going to believe for a harvest in one month. Not four months. In one month. So he says, Jesus says, but I say, and this is what my spirit is saying, and I'm trying to say to you tonight, and I hope that you catch it, because that's all I can do, is pray that you catch it. Jesus says, wake up. Wake up. Amen. How many know we got to wake up? We got to wake up. We got to understand the times we're living. He says, wake up and look around. Jesus says, look around. Look at the world you're in. Look at the situations we're in. Look at the things we're facing. Wake up. It's time to, how many know when you wake up, it's the opposite of sleeping. 
can't be awake and asleep at the same time. So when you're awake, you're not sleeping. And, and God is trying to wake us up and tell us time is short. Matter of fact, the time is what? Now. The time is yesterday. And he says, the fields are already, I'm telling you, this verse right here, as I'm reading, it's more alive right now as when I was reading it this afternoon. This, the fields are already, say already. Right, for, leave that up for a second. Already ripe for harvest. He's saying, catch this in the spirit, he's saying you don't have to wait four months. You don't have to wait the normal time to see God do a miracle. You, you, that's the amazing, powerful thing about serving God. These little things have been up here all week and been thrown in my side. I love them, though. They keep falling on me. Hey, pass these out. Maybe that's why they're up here. Get some of these and invite someone to church with these. Amen? I'm already here, though, so I don't need them. Amen. Someone was inviting me, I guess. This is alive tonight because the Spirit of God is saying, this is the moment, this is the time, the harvest is now. And he's saying, the fields are already ripe for harvest, so God can do more in five seconds than we can do in an eternity. God can do more in one month than He can do in the entire lifetime of our lives. God can change your family. God can change your marriage. God can change your finances. God can turn things around. He can bring in a harvest right now because it says it's already ripe. What does that mean? It's supernatural. That's what this whole month has been about. We cannot be continue to walk in the natural and expect supernatural things. We have to walk believing for the supernatural. We're not serving a man. We're not serving a person. We're serving God, whose very nature is supernatural. If you didn't hear Sunday's message, go back and listen to it. Amen. Let's keep reading here. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. This is what we're trying to do. This is why the doors are open tonight. This is why the church exists, to bring people to eternal life. Amen. That's why we're here. There's no other reason we're here. Fellowship is great. I love it. Hanging out is great. I love it. Being together is great. I love it. But the reason the church exists is to bring people to eternal life. Amen. That's the reason. And it says, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, watch this, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. But I sent you to the harvest where you didn't plant. This, these few verses here, someone's got to catch them. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. This is what we talk about all the time. We don't, we don't have to focus our eyes on how many people show up to the movie. We don't have to focus our eyes on how many people are here tonight, although this is a good Wednesday night crowd. We don't have to focus our eyes on how many people show up on a Thursday night. We don't focus our eyes on physical things. We understand that God is doing something in the spiritual realm. And too many times we get our eyes stuck on the physical and we don't see what God's doing in the spiritual. I tried to tell you Sunday morning, you've got to get spiritual eyes. If you're ever going to see something great in your life, you've got to see with God's eyes in the spirit, not in the physical. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
And so he says, I'm sending you to harvest where you didn't plant. See, with us going out on the square on Thursday nights, we may never see one of those people at the square that we talked to or heard a witness actually come into this church. They're there. If you could grab all the people that hear every Thursday night and put them in a crowd and say, okay, there they all are, and, and never see one of them come in, it doesn't matter because we're sowing seeds. We're planting seeds, and God will bring the harvest in from somewhere else. It doesn't have to be from down on the square. It doesn't have to be at the movie. It doesn't have to be here. We're doing what God told us to do, and God's going to do what he said he would do. How many know God fulfills his word? So it says, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work. And now you will get to gather the harvest. How many are ready to gather the harvest? Some of you are coming in right now and just got saved. And you're going to be a part of the harvest that I've been praying for for almost 30 years. Hello. You just came in. And a matter of fact, there's a parable about that. That people who show up at 9 o'clock in the morning to work are going to get the same wage as the people who show up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It, I don't care who gets the glory. I don't care who worked longer or who worked shorter. Let's see a harvest. Let's see souls come in and get saved. Let's see lives changed. Amen. Tell the person next to you, the time is now. I'm preaching you a Sunday morning message on Wednesday night. Amen. I'm preaching you a Sunday morning message, a conference message on Wednesday night. Amen. When God is moving, every service is important. But we need to stop and realize this. Stop and realize tonight how blessed we are. When was the last time you stopped and thought back, as I just said at the beginning of this service, where would you be tonight if it wasn't for God? Have you stopped lately, or have you just been so busy with life that you haven't stopped and thought, where would I be? I guarantee you 99% of us wouldn't be at church. But God, but God's grace, but God's mercy, do you realize how blessed, blessed you are to be able to serve? For our serve team, we, we all are flesh. We're all human. We all get tired. We all sometimes want to not do things. We all want to take a rest or whatever you want to call it. But the truth is, we tell people all the time, you don't have to do anything. You get to. That's when you know that you're in revival in your own spirit. When you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, man, I have to pray. Oh, man, I got to read my Bible. Oh, man, I need to get some tracks out. Man, I need to get those tickets out of my car. Oh, here's another offering. Here we go. I have to give my money to the Lord. That's what, that's what carnal people do. But people who are truly saved and truly understand how blessed they are to be saved, wake up in the morning and say, I can't wait to pray because I get to pray. I can't wait to witness because I get to witness. I can't wait to tithe because I get to tithe. I can't wait to serve because I get to serve. If you could get of what a blessing it is, if you could have a revelation of what a blessing it is, 
to have to rush to get to church tonight. God will change your life. To change your mentality. Here's why this is important. John chapter 6. Watch this. This is one of the most powerful, strongest chapters in all the Bible. I always tell people, if you really want to see if you're walking with God, read John chapter 6. We talk about it a lot in discipleship, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. And for as you can see, we're in the 63rd verse, so it's a long chapter. Read it on your own time. Don't read it now. Amen? Read later the rest of that chapter, but we pick up here at a moment where Jesus says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Amen? The words that I speak, Jesus says, and this is what I'm speaking to you tonight, is his words. He says, the words that I speak to you are spirit. That's why when I said that a few minutes ago about the square, I wasn't saying that to sound good. It's the truth. The spirit of the Lord is at the square because we're going there and preaching God's word. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And that liberty doesn't leave when we leave. We speak those words into the atmosphere and they stay there. How many believe that 3 o'clock in the morning and after a Thursday or a Friday or whatever night they walk through that place, they could be drunk and they can feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit of the Word of God that was spoken two or three days before because the Spirit of the Lord is there. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. He says, I speak to you, Spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. You have to understand that sometimes when, when you hear a message in church and, and it seems like the preacher's upset or he's strong or he's maybe mad or you might feel a certain way, you got to understand that in this place, no matter how much we love God and how much God's doing, there's people here who I hope's not the truth or may not make heaven their home. I'm not thinking of anybody or looking at anybody. I'm just telling you, it's not enough for you to show up here tonight. You have to believe. Some of you think you're going to get to heaven because your parents live for God. Some of you think you're going to get credit, check in the box from God because you showed up. That's not what the Bible says. Hello. Some of you do not believe. Now, I hope as your pastor tonight that I'm talking to no one in this congregation and nobody watching online. But the truth is, some people haven't received the spirit of life. Amen. They haven't received it. They haven't caught it. You're going to see this in a moment. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, this is important, I have said to you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted by him, the Father. That's why you need to thank God tonight if you believe that you're saved. That the Holy Spirit called you and, 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 and got a hold of you and allowed you to come to Christ because it says no one can be saved unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit of God, by the Father. 
So this, this is what under, helps us understand, church. We can only do what we can do, which is pass out flyers and pray and pass out tracts and witness. But God is the one who does the work. You and I can't change anybody. Amen. We can't change anybody. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't draw, if God doesn't draw us, we, can't, we won't change anyways. So God has to be involved. Now look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're talking about watering tonight the harvest, watering the seeds that were planted. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. As the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Paul says, Apollos watered, but who gives the increase? Who is the one who really does the work? Who is the only one who can change somebody? Who is the one that got a hold of you and got a hold of your wretched soul? Amen. This woman was, this boy was in church with his mom and they were singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And he looked up to his mama and he said, Mama, are you a wretch? She said, Shut up and sing, boy. How many wretches do I have in here tonight? You better raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, you don't read the gospel. We're all wretched. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. It's God that does the change. And we have got to stay humble and realize what a blessing it is to be in church tonight. What a blessing it is to be saved and on our way to eternal life with Jesus. Amen. Again, if you could just get a little glimpse of what hell looks like, oh, you'd be more thankful than you are. So then neither he, talking about heart, praying for the harvest, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters. This is about us humbling ourselves. But God who gives the increase. So then... Now it says, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own, leave that up there for a second, his own labor. Church, this is why I challenge you so much to do something for God. I want you to get a reward. I don't want you just to slide into heaven safe. I want you to get a reward. I want us all to get a reward. And we can get a reward together. As a church, as a body. So he says, everyone's going to get their own reward. Now here's the key. Here's when God's hand is on a place. When this happens. Look at verse 9. For we are all God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. Jesus left the foundation to them. Paul left the foundation to them. Others between them and us for the last 2,000 years have left the, left the foundation. And this is why we take church so serious. This is why we take prayer so serious. This is why we take reading the Bible so serious. Because we're laying a foundation for somebody else. And we need to make sure, as this says, that that foundation is not let, built on anybody else but Jesus. 
says, but let each one take heed. In other words, be warned on how he builds it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. This is the church of Jesus Christ. Everything we do is to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Everything we pray, everything we say, every way we act, everything that's done in this church is that the name of Jesus Christ would be lifted up. Amen. And he says, if my name be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. How many know we have a foundation tonight? And nobody else is involved in that foundation except Jesus. Tell the person next to you it's supernatural. A harvest is truly supernatural. Yes, in the physical, you plant some seeds, and even that's supernatural because God's the one that does it, even the natural things. But I want you to understand that God is doing something tonight. And I, and I want to tell you this from my heart. I'm not concerned about what I see. Like, I want to see no chairs empty. I want to see, like I said, people sitting on the platform, they're so hungry. People lining up outside to hear the word. I want to see some things, but I'm, I'm not worried about that because I'm not the one who builds. I'm just laying the foundation. We're just laying the foundation. We're just preaching Jesus. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. We're just preaching who He is. We're preaching about Him. We're letting other people know this is the church where Jesus is worshipped. And as we do that, we understand that the work of God is supernatural, as I preach Sunday morning. There's a verse that's a kind of a little nugget hidden in Amos chapter 9, verse 13, that says this, Behold, the days are coming. And this is for whoever will catch this. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. And the treader of grapes... Him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. The New Living Translation makes this part simple. Listen, it says, There's coming a time when the grain and the grapes, or in other words, what you plant, is going to go faster than what's been harvested. Meaning, so much is going to come that you can't even contain it. You can't even handle it. You don't even have room to put it anywhere. How many would like to God to bless you so much in finances, in physical healing, in family blessings, in church blessings, that you don't even know what to do with all the blessings? you you got to have somebody full-time taking care of what to do with your blessings. That's what God wants. But we got to labor. we got to pray. But more importantly, we have to believe what we're praying. As the musicians begin to come, we're going to spend some time at the altar for just a few minutes. But listen, don't close me out because i got two more important verses. Listen to this. Psalms 126, verse 5. How many love God's promises? Psalms 126, verse 5. This has been hitting home with me, especially this, this, this week, this month. Carl and I have been having this conversation a lot. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. 
If you've been in the gospel long enough, you realize you're going to have some times of crying. You're going to have some times of weeping. You're going to have some times of hardship. You're going to have some times of struggle. We were talking about this in our small group on Sunday. But church, if you don't ever have struggle, listen, if you're here tonight, I just want to talk to you that might be really struggling. I'm not talking about with your walk with God. I'm talking about physically, financially, maritally, family, whatever. You're struggling. You just got stuff that you're struggling with. Thank God for the struggle. Because if you don't ever have struggle and you don't ever have tears, you don't know what a blessing is and you don't know what joy feels like. But you can, when you've been through some stuff and then you see victory, it makes you appreciate the stuff. It makes you look back and say, oh, I remember the days when. And you can put whatever in you want to put there. Amen? I, 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 you, can, you can think back on, on examples and times where the Lord was testing you, allowing you to, your faith to grow and allowing your faith to be tested and him saying, let me see how my, how my child's going to act right here. Let me see how much glory they're going to give me. Because remember when he said to, to Satan as Job was mentioned, he said, have you considered my servant Job? Have you thought about him? He said, he won't, he won't fail me. How many want God to look at you and say, he won't fail me? She won't fail me. She'll, she'll have faith no matter what I put them through. No matter what I allow them to go through, they'll have faith. Those who plant in tears will, doesn't say might, will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. How many have been sowing some tears and... And, and weeping a little bit about the planting, but you're ready to weep, reap the harvest. I notice some people in here who've put some seeds in the ground, and you're ready for the harvest. And it's coming. Here's one last verse. Here's what we're going to pray for tonight. Praying for the harvest needs rain. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1. Watch this, what this says. New Living Translation. Ask the Lord for rain. Ask the Lord for rain. For the next few weeks, church, every day, we need to pray specifically for the Lord to send rain. I'm not talking about physical rain. I'm talking about spiritual rain on the seeds that have been planted. For he makes the storm clouds, and he will send showers of rain. Look at this promise. So every field becomes a lush pasture. When we, when we sow with God, church, you don't, you don't say if, you say when. It's not a matter of if God's going to fulfill His word. Because He will. He is going to fulfill His word. It's when. It's not, Lord, I, I wonder if you're ever going to. I don't have any doubts tonight as I preach to you about the last almost 30 years of my life serving God if God's going to come through it's when and how many know when you plant a seed in the ground you expect something to come out am I speaking to anybody tonight is anybody catching this tonight amen is anybody getting this in your spirit tonight that we're going to we're going to reap with tears of joy 
and the, and the tears that we've had that have cost us a little something, we're going to get it back. God is an awesome, awesome God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, all across this place, your spirit is here. Your presence is here. Your power is here. Your love is here. Your glory is here. Your grace is here. Your mercy is here. You are mighty to save tonight. Lord, you see the heart of every person in this place. And God, as we talked about a little earlier, I pray in the name of Jesus. As you prayed to your Father, Jesus, at, in that garden, you said, I've kept who you've given me. I pray that not one person in this place would be one of those people who doesn't truly believe. I pray that nobody in this place or under the sound of my voice through live stream or podcast or here in this place, Lord, nobody would be in a place where they're not ready to meet Jesus. That everybody in here, Lord, would take serious and take heed that there's a harvest out there and we've got to look around and we've got to plant, we've got to sow, we've got to pray. But Lord, at the end of the day, you're the one who brings the harvest. You're the Lord of the harvest. You're the one that brings increase. And Lord, we just leave that to you tonight. You're the only one that can touch a person's heart. You're the only one who can cause a person's blind eyes spiritually to be opened. You did it to me many years ago. You opened my blind eyes and I saw the cross. I saw the sacrifice you did on the cross for my sins. I saw how wicked I was. I saw how lost I was. And I saw that I was arrogant and prideful and I needed a savior. And you opened up my eyes and you turned me from the powers of darkness to the powers of God. The powers of darkness to the powers of light. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your mercy. Holy Spirit, thank you for touching my heart and allowing me to listen to your voice, to hear the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart. How many in this place tonight are watching online or listening on the podcast could say, Pastor, I've never said the prayer. I've never had my eyes open, but the Spirit of God is speaking to me tonight, and I need to be saved. I need my eyes to be opened. I'm hearing this gospel tonight. I'm hearing the word of God preached and inside of my spirit right now. Something's happening. It's not about a church membership. It's not about checking a box. It's about a relationship with your maker, your creator, your master, and your Lord. Tonight you can, you can go from being God's creation to being God's child putting your faith in him and accepting and confessing that he is your Lord how many all across this place could say quickly I need you to pray for me here I am lift your hand up and put it down and say I need to be saved tonight all across this place please pray for me before I leave I don't want to leave this place the way I came in I don't know if I die tonight where I would spend eternity if that's you just lift it up all across this place that's me I need Jesus. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? All across this place. We're going to wait just a moment. This is the reason the lights are on tonight. This is the reason. I didn't come for any other reason than to tell people that they need Jesus. And that there's hope in His powerful name. This world's in chaos. This world's going crazy. This world's lost. But Jesus has a plan. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. And He's the life. 
I'm not asking, you do you go to church somewhere? And I'm not asking, do you believe, do you even believe that there's a God? I'm not asking you that. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets unto the Father except through Him? He's the foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only one who died on the cross for your sins. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. That's me tonight. Maybe at some point in your life you raised your hand and you gave your life to the Lord, but tonight you are not walking with God. You need to come home. You need to come back to your first love. Just lift your hand. Put it right back down all across this place. Amen. I want us to stand if we would. Staying in this spirit of reverence, please. The spirit of the Lord is here. And he's here to transform. He's here to change. He's here to make a connection. Amen. How many know tonight as I'm speaking this, no, every one of you individually has to have a personal understanding of who God is. It's not, well, I serve the God of my parents, or I serve the God of my grandparents, or I believe in the God that they preach. No, you need to know who Jesus is for yourself. Because we're all going to stand before God by ourselves. If you're here tonight and you've never made a public confession of your faith, we're going to say a prayer in just a moment with those watching online and listening on the podcast. But if you're here and you raised your hand and you meant it, you want to change your life tonight, you want to allow God to transform you from being a sinner to, listen to this, to being a saint. That's what the Bible calls you. Sounds crazy, but you are. When you accept Christ, you become a saint. Because it's not about anything you can do. It's about everything he did on the cross for you. So if you raise your hand in this place and you meant it, find the nearest aisle. Step out and come down here. I want to pray with you. Just quickly step out and come down here all across this place. Come on. How many more? Come on, let's give them a good hand. Maybe you're watching online. You need to say this prayer tonight. Amen. Come on, I'm going to wait just a moment. Young people, do you know Jesus? Young people, do you know Jesus? Are you saved, teenagers? Are you saved, young people? Amen. You repeat this after me and those that are watching online as well. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Your word says I fall short of your glory. Your word also says that the payment or the wages of my sin is death, eternal life, separated from you. But your word also says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Tonight I confess to you and to everybody here, I need Jesus. And I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That he came out of that tomb to defeat death so I could have eternal life. Tonight, Jesus, I put my faith in you, my trust in you. I give you my life and I ask you to forgive me all my sins. Wash me clean with the blood you shed on the cross. And from this day forward, 
I'm going to listen to your Holy Spirit. I'm going to learn your word. And I'm going to live for you. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.